0: Today's reading is Acts 13, 32 through 39. It can be found on your screen. This is God's Word. We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors, He has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm You are my son, today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God has said, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere. You will not let your holy ones see decay. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God. Uh, Please join me in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for your promises that you've given to us. These sure promises that are fulfilled in Jesus. And we gather now as a community who longs to see these promises fulfilled. We look around us and we see lots and lots of decay, lots and lots of things falling apart. But we know that in you, things are brought back together the way they're meant to be. We ask that you would bring us together again as a community, bring us together now in spirit that we might hear from you the words of hope and life that you give to us. In your name we pray, amen. The word decay only shows up six times in the New Testament, and four of those times were in the passage that we just read today. Decay, it's, it's talking about things breaking down this passage mentions how even David, you know, this holy and righteous king of Israel that everybody held up as this great figure, even he saw death and his body decayed. You know, maybe for you, if, if you ever go on a hike through, you know, the, the woods or the mountains, you see a big old tree that has fallen down. You see what decay looks like. What used to be something strong and healthy and living as eventually toppled and starts to break down. We see cells beginning to come apart. We see things that were united begin beginning to come apart. And so this is the painful reality that we see all over the place in our world. But the passage that we read today is positioned uh, in opposition to decay. It's it gives us a new message. It says that life doesn't have to end in decay, but that in Jesus something new is starting. And so that's what I want us to focus on today. As we look at this passage, as we go through it together, where do we see decay, where do we see death, where do we see things falling apart, and where do we see life, where do we see growth, where do we see things coming together the way that they're meant to be. And so to start, I want to talk about weddings. Remember those things we used to go to way back when, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to go to again soon. Uh, I already know that things are looking better and maybe this will be a great wedding season. But if you remember what it's like to be at a wedding, sometimes you'll hear the priest or the pastor or the minister say something like this, that what God has joined together, let no one separate. If they're going with the old school King James Version, what God has brought together, let no man put asunder. It's this echo of creation. It's this hearkening back to the very beginning when we see God do this creative process of separating things that need to be separated and joining things that need to be joined. In the beginning, we see God separating the light from the darkness because the light day and the darkness night and the separation is good. We see in the beginning, God separating the land over here and the sea over here. And God saying that these things are meant to be in these proper places. And this is good. God does this creative act of separating things And also we see God doing this creative act of joining things together. God brings together this forms. He forms a body out of the dust of the earth and he joins it with his own breath. He joins together body and spirit and says, this is good. This is where humanity comes from. And again, God joins together the Adam and Eve joins them together to create new life. And this is good. Creation is this process of joining what needs to be joined and separating would ought to be separated. But then things changed when humanity joined something to themselves that was meant to be kept separate. We get this story of God and Adam and Eve in the garden, and there's this one tree that God says is meant to remain separate from you. And yet through temptation, humanity joins the fruit of this tree to their own body, setting off this chain reaction of uncreation what we see as pollution and decay. We see things being joined together that are meant to be separated. We see things being separated that are meant to be joined together. We see this in decay and death, cells coming apart that are meant to be whole. We see life being separated from the body. We see breath being taken out of the lungs. We see this uncreation, this unholy separation. We don't only just see this in physical ways, we see it, in relationships, too. Take, for example, a a married couple. Perhaps there's an introduction, something, another person is joined to this relationship through an affair in a way that it's not meant to be joined. And through these kinds of processes of joining things that are not meant to be joined, you can often see the breakdown of these relationships. And relationships that are meant to keep people together you now see separation happening in a destructive way. Or maybe you even look at it in our society. This is <laughs> this is essentially what racism is. People and communities being separated that are meant to be joined. People that are meant to be united in one community. Or entire communities being separated from the resources that they need. We see this unholy separation in our society through things like racism. Or even our own church. You know, we're all on these Zoom calls together, we're separated in our own homes. You know, this is what we've had to do for the last year, but this is not what the church is meant to be. You know, we, we've all sort of um, compromised with this because it's what we needed to do to keep people safe. But I think we all know that this separation, this worshiping in different rooms over Zoom is not the way that it's supposed to be. We see this separation that, that tears us apart. I really look forward to next week when we can join back together. But we see this separation. We see this disorder, this uncreation. And there's actually a scientific principle behind this. If you know much about physics, the second law of thermodynamics is called entropy. Now, remember, the first time I heard that word, I was on on a date with somebody in college, and we were out for dessert. And if you know me, my personality is a pretty optimistic cheerful person that's that's just kind of who I am and on this date this this girl asked me do you do you believe in entropy I was like what what is this uh no I don't know what that is I study humanities I don't know the sciences he's like well entropy is this idea that like all of the universe you know is is breaking down that you know eventually life on earth is gonna end and then the sun is gonna you know, keep, continue growing until it breaks down and explodes, and all the other stars are going to do the same thing, and all of the universe is going to go from order to disorder into this jumbled, formless mass. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty depressing. And uh, that relationship entropied pretty quickly. But um, that's where I first heard that word. This process of everything breaking down, things that are meant to be brought together together, going from a state of order to disorder. We see this, if you follow this all the way out, you see everything returning to this formless, shapeless void of cold and dark nothingness. Kind of what we see at the beginning of scripture before God begins his process of creation. We see entropy as this movement from, from organized life to disorganized death. our passage that we read today is a refutation to entropy. It's an answer to decay and despair. Now, what we read is is sort of plucked out of the middle of a sermon that Paul is preaching to this gathering of people in Antioch, and he's telling the story of how God intervenes in our world of sin and starts this new process of recreation. God sees this, this chain reaction of uncreation take place But he doesn't just let it go unchecked. He begins this process of recreation. And it starts with the people of Israel. Again, God does some creative separating and joining. He separates the people of Israel from their position of slavery within Egypt. He separates them out of this unholy, oppressive place. And then he joins them with himself in this covenant. God joins himself to these people of Israel. And he gives them the law. He gives them his word which can be thought of as a description of how things are supposed to be. God's word tells us what's meant to be joined together and tells us what's meant to be separated. For instance, you look even at the Ten Commandments. It says that God and man are meant to be joined together. Humanity and idols are meant to be separated. We see God saying that neighbors are meant to be joined together in love and not meant to be separated through hate or animosity or greed. God even separates one day of the week for rest in the Sabbath. There's this creative separation that's happening. This day is meant to be separated from the rest of the days where you work and do all of your labor. But this day is meant to be separated as a day of rest, of worship, of joy. God begins this process of recreation through his word and through his covenant with the people of Israel. God reveals to them, in essence, how the world ought to look, and he promises that one day he's going to make this vision a reality. And that is the point of our, our passage today. The very first verses that we read is this. We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. Jesus is God's response to a world in decay. Jesus is new creation entering into a world of uncreation. And we can see this by who he is and what he does. We see in Jesus, uh, in John 1, it says the word became flesh. We see the word of God, this, this vision for what creation is supposed to look like, joining together with a human being. It's becoming reality. It's joining the world that we live in. It's no longer this theoretical, figurative thing. We see God and man joined together in one person of Jesus. We see in Jesus' ministry this creative separation again. We see Jesus entering into the temple and separating the money changers from the temple. We see Jesus going in and separating what needs to be separated. This greed, this industry, this profiting off of religion needs to be separated from the temple, a place of worship, a place of of glorifying God. This, This money and greed needs to be separated from this space. We see Jesus healing people who are demon-possessed, separating evil spirits from people. I think one of the clearest examples is we we see Jesus healing people with leprosy. Leprosy is this disease where it's like your skin is dying and decaying while you're still alive. You see this death and decay happening in leprosy. But what Jesus does is he reverses this. In a world that's decaying, Jesus come and heals people of leprosy, this disease that was, was untreatable in ancient times. It was a death sentence, and it meant that you, as, a, as an unclean person with leprosy, needed to be separated from the community. Jesus comes and brings healing. He reverses decay. He brings life where there's death, and he reunites people to their communities. We see this is what Jesus is doing in his ministry. But the central act of creation that Jesus does during his time on earth is what he accomplishes on the cross. Here we see the ultimate act of separating and joining. We see in Jesus' death on the cross, him separating us from our sin. We see Jesus separating us from the source of death and decay. In, in verse 39 of what we read, it talks about, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. It's saying that forgiveness is, is like releasing somebody from a bond. As if sin had bonded itself to us. And it was something that we could not pry off of ourselves. We had been joined to this sin in a way that we were not meant to. But we couldn't separate ourselves from it. But in Jesus' death on the cross, we see his life being the thing that separates us from this source of death and decay. You know, in Psalm, Psalm 103 says that as far as the East is from the West, so far as he removed our sin from us, that this thing that was causing death and decay and destruction is now being separated from us in a way that it never could before. But not only this, we see joint <laughs> Jesus joining us to himself and to each other on the cross. We see now, instead of being bonded and united to this sin, this source of death and decay and separation, we're now joined to Christ himself, the source of life, of new growth, of joy, of peace. Of, instead of something decaying and breaking down into nothing, we're now united to something that is growing stronger and stronger and more and more alive. You know, the Apostle Paul later writes about this in Ephesians 2. He says... Uh, to this church, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship and God's people and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It says you who were separated and far away in Christ's death have now been brought near You have been joined together again with God in the way that you were meant to be. And in that relationship, you're again joined to your neighbors. You're joined to to the rest of humanity in a way that we are meant to be joined together. We are now bonded to the source of life instead of bonded to something that causes decay. In Jesus, we see a separation of sin and decay from the world. We see this separation happening in his death and in his resurrection, we see something amazing happening. We see that death and decay are now dying and decaying. We see that there's this reversal of things falling apart. We see that now things are coming together in the way that they are meant to be. We see this inversion of entropy. Instead of a constant breaking down, we see things coming together in the way that gives life. Now, to close, there's two images I want us to hold. One is, uh, is a little bit grim and grisly. It's, it's, if the natural conclusion of a world in decay is a dead body, that's what we see around us. That's what we see happening. It's, it's a reality of a world in sin. But if this is the natural conclusion of a world in decay, then I think the best image that responds to this that we see from being in Christ is is this image of a new baby forming in a mother's womb. Instead of a body breaking down and falling apart, in new life, we see a body being formed, being knit together. We see small cells growing and coming together and joining in the way they're meant to be, and a body forming instead of a body decomposing. We see new life growing. This is what we have as a world united to Christ, instead of being united to death and sin and decay. We see this new life forming that gives joy and meaning. We see this whenever relationships are restored. We see this whenever communities are reconciled. And I think next week, we're going to have a really beautiful image of a a community that has been separated, joining together again in the way that God has called us to be joined in Christ, as a community that gives life, a place of growth and life, instead of a place where things fall apart. That's the community that we are called to be. That's a community that Christ allows us to enter, a community of hope that knows that we have a Savior who is setting things right, who is recreating the world and joining what needs to be joined and separating what needs to be separated. Let's pray. God, you are our creator. You join us together in you in a way that we were unable to do on our own. You have separated us from sin and death when we were helpless to do so. We give you thanks and praise, God, for doing this saving, creative work. We thank you for your son's death on the cross, which separated us from our sin. We thank you for his resurrection, which has joined us to himself, God, we ask for your hope to be at the center of who we are, that when, when we see so, so much decay and death, that we would respond to that with the answer that we have in you. Instead of becoming overwhelmed by the breaking down of what we see around us, we would remember the light and hope that we have in your resurrection of things coming together and life growing in the place of death. In your name we pray. Amen.